This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? It's been a while seven days of action in this madcap Premier League season. Manchester City losing to high-spending Newcastle United, Leicester City holding Liverpool to a draw on Snowden Anfield, and Bournemouth dismantling Champions League rivals Chelsea 4-0. But among all the chaos, it is comforting to know we have one constant. Poor Huddersfield. They've only won two games this season. They're on 11 points. They're six points off 19th place. <laughs> but they've, they've won more games than Derby. Yeah, I suppose so. You can, you can... Yeah, and like the league is probably... Well, is it better now than... It is better, but is it less... I think it's probably less competitive now than it was when Derby were in the league that time. Derby should have won more than one game in that season. against. It was against a really bad Newcastle as well. I don't know. Like They were terrible. Like I mean, Robbie Savage being brought in to, to shore up midfield and getting sent off in Good his stuff. first few matches. Yeah, Huddersfield aren't doing very well at the moment. Uh, they have no... It's as if Wagner took everything. Like he ha... It's as if they left everything on the field for Wagner. And when he left, they have nothing else left. Because yeah, it, it was funny when uh, I re- I watched a bit of the match against Chelsea at the weekend. I was like, wait a minute, they they appointed a new manager. Yeah, <laughs> like a week ago. That's like his second match. Yeah, and yeah, the opposite of a new manager battle. Well, so it's not. It's, I can't, there can't be a new. Like maybe this is a long term planning thing for other Oh, definitely is that they're going to like okay, we're going to get relegated this year, and, and maybe we'll. Like I don't see them coming back up because no, they don't have the, for not immediately. Well, not, not ever because they like, got very lucky getting up. They played fantastic football. They played way above themselves. They hit the perfect kind of like. Do you remember that season? Do you remember that season? The their first in the Brighton. Premier. No, but do you remember the championship season that got for them promoted? Yeah, Newcastle, Brighton, and and them. and them. That was a weird season. And that playoff final was probably the worst playoff final I watched. The 0-0 at Reading. That went to penalties. Yeah. Sir Patrick it was Stewart like a League the... 1 playoff yeah, final. It, it kind of felt like that. Like these, these teams aren't going to survive in the championship next season. <laughs> yeah. Not whoever gets up. And then yeah, Sam. Say, though. Yep, Sam. He's gone. He's gone now. He is. He is. Reading. I don't know what. David Myler's gone to Coventry. He's left Reading. Speaking of Reading. Poor FIFA David Myler. Is is Nigel Atkins at Reading at the moment? I think we, we've well, gone way off. We, we've gone way off Huddersfield. <laughs> Maybe Nigel Atkins could do a job, but I don't, no, probably not. Actually, no. I think Huddersfield are down, and let's yeah. see who they drag with them. Well, Fulham lost the weekend as well. Yeah, so. and Cyrus like, Christie was called a very stupid boy or something. To well, they gave away a really ridiculous handball. But like, yeah, but those, why is your manager calling you that? You don't need to be called that. Those two seem like they're going down anyway. It's and yeah it's, because it's he's a seen, battle for the third. Yeah, because. Because Claudio Ranieri got something out of them. He kind of organised them. You could tell they were more structured when he took over, but they've just... I don't know what it is. They have players in every position on the field that are high quality. They have uh, Cyrus Christie, who isn't a terrible player. He's a Premier League They brought in Ryan Babel. Ryan Babel is there now, winner, but like Mit- Mitrovic. Big Mitro, he scores goals. He scores goals. goals. He always scores goals. That's what you do in Mitro. Andre Sherla, as you said, the goalkeeper's not bad. Uh, like who's in defence again I've completely forgotten they've been playing Callum Chambers Callum Chambers uh, Alfie some... Mawson has been poor despite yeah. being a good signing on paper this year, this yeah season. and like not even Sari Sari in midfield like these are good he's, he's probably these been... should be like that's a spine of a team that should be doing okay like not struggling to get any points at home in the Premier League like I was thinking about it, like has Sari probably been the most disappointing signing of the season and of the last few seasons there's I like, don't know the the the, the almost signed for Barcelona. I know, and other teams, big teams, are interested in him as well. Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool are yeah. all interested in him. Like maybe Barcelona would have been the better choice in the long run. Maybe is what you're thinking now. They, I'm trying to think who else. Like Fabinho, like the liver, the the jury's still out in a lot of Liverpool signings from last summer. Because despite Liverpool doing well, you can't say Fabinho's contributed a great deal to that. He, he's done okay. He's, he's done okay. But serious, like remember, Sarri scored a great goal as well. Uh, yeah, against Burnley. Yeah, against Joe Hart. So it only counts as yeah. half a goal. Half a goal against Joe Hart. <laughs> but like, like he's not been the most awful. Lichtsteiner probably has a has a good shout. Yeah, but Lichtsteiner came on thirty five year old. You know, you know what you're getting with a thirty five year old right back. Do you? 
Because this is the Arsenal. Did you see him? Did you see him? I know we're talking about it in a while, but did you see him a couple of times, like 10, 20 minutes gone, he's just puffing his cheeks on. Oh, what? Like, why am I here? Like, we're That's looking what around. When, uh, he's put up against Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling the, and the having no right support. Right At least he's not Mustafi, I suppose. Yeah. Well, suppose if you want to go that far back, maybe Mustafi and Shaka have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just call them the worst signings of this season as well. 70 million just down oh. the drain. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about Arsenal against Manchester City. Arsenal initially started terribly conceding after what was it, fifty eight seconds or something like that. Yeah. I didn't even. I was out of the room. And I came <laughs> in. Was like, oh, it's one nil. I was like, hey, oh, I didn't even know the match just started. Aguero, his slightly different haircut has scored. Well, he's he's had that haircut. No, for but a he's, while, he's right? got. He doesn't have as much gel in the hair now. It's kind of more natural. Oh yeah. You see, you have with, to watch. You have to watch the evolution of Aguero's haircut. It's been uh, quite the trajectory, as yeah. opposed to David Silva going bald and then, and then suddenly having loads of hair and then. <laughs> more angry yeah uh, but then you know yeah but let's talk about that first goal because you blamed I remember you watching it you blamed Awobi at the time and it was a bit stupid from Awobi but like I haven't watched it again today and I was looking more okay I'm going to give I'm going to be hard on Awobi here I'm going to say this is definitely like okay Awobi's been a bit stupid he tries to step over in the box maybe not the best thing to do but but <laughs> and this is crucial if Awobi you know he does a step over he loses the ball if Mustafi hadn't been standing ten yards, not yeah, about ten yards beyond everyone else in the Arsenal team, <laughs> there would have been an offside there, and yeah. that would have been it. But I said this to you yesterday, and I still stand by it. I think Mustafi was offering himself to Awobi. No, he was not. Offered himself. Mustafi turned around. I was like, Oh my god, where am I? The rest of the Arsenal team turned around and went, Oh no. <laughs> Mustafi is Mustafi did oh, and then it became Mustafi. just an easy finish because you know you know, Man City scored the goal Man City always scored yeah. but credit to Arsenal the goal that they the equalised they scored yeah the first 10 minutes that match felt a lot longer than like uh, Mustafi made a terrible decision and should have given away a penalty and probably right card yeah, immediately definitely. after and then a few minutes after that uh, corner, uh, it was like a shot from Arsenal and it was well saved by Ederson I believe yeah. that goes out for a corner and then, like, Man City just, like, that's a standard set play. Like, they, I was watching the NBC commentary of it, and Lee Dixon was on, and I was like, yeah, we used to see Bold. That's what he used to do, is run to the near post. He was six foot seven. He'd head the ball over, and then Tony Adams would head it down, and that would be the goal. And basically, it was that, except, you know, Monreal isn't six foot seven, he's about five foot eight. <laughs> he's the tiniest man on the pitch. And Kachanli almost headed the ground, heading the ball in. Yeah, that was another weird thing about both of the... Both teams' first goal was that both players headed the ball with their head like six in- inches off the ground. Yeah. Like, just kick it. Yeah. <laughs> just bake, back to the basics. Just kick it. Well, you know, um, like, Koscielny, you know, he, he partially almost broke his jaw last week. So maybe he's a bit worried about his face. So he throws straight at people's feet again. <laughs> but both head is also at a weird trajectory upwards. Yeah. They, they like almost hit the top of the, the head. The roof of the net. Yeah. Uh, but then Arsenal. Well, the Ar- rest of the second, Ar- the rest of the first half yeah. was was even. I'll Both teams that, had yeah. chances. Uh, I remember Ederson played quite well. There was a there was Arsenal a glass match br- chance. Yeah, the but the finish like Ederson played quite well. Arsenal didn't get out much because basically was playing playing. They were playing very deep, and it was as if they didn't really know the system they were playing in. And then they ping on balls forward, or Guendouzi or Wobi would carry the ball out from defence, play a quick ball to either Lacazette or. Aubameyang to run with there was one opportunity I think when Lacazette got the ball in midfield and he played a through ball and basically Aubameyang was through but Ederson came out and cleared the ball and if it wasn't for that super keeper type of play I think Man City would have been in trouble at that point but like credit to them they they, they kind of tore apart Arsenal's horrible defence which continues <laughs> unabated this season yes uh, but when it did become 1-1, like Arsenal, they had a bit of momentum then. Like, they had more possession at the Etihad than most opposition teams have when they go there. It was, they, it was they did 30% a couple of, at the end of the match, I believe. I think it was 70-30. But, but at the, at yeah. the first Earlier, half, in the first half. In the yes. first half. All of, this is, all of this praise for Arsenal is squarely just the first, first half. half yeah. Second half, less praise. Second less half is like a training match. It's like, no one, no one get hurt. Just pretty, pass the ball around. Much. Except for Mustafi, who got hurt. Because oh, he's yeah, Mustafi. Yeah. He does those things. Mustafi goes Mustafi. Uh, who was it? Come on from Mustafi. It was Maverick Man, 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 The man who looks like a cat. He does. Meow. Meow for Oh! Maybe an episode title there. Uh, maybe. maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll, see. See. we'll see how things go. Uh, <laughs> um, but the Arsenal... Like, Arsenal... Because of what happened with Newcastle, of all teams to beat Man City, the, the most hilarious yeah. one, because Newcastle always lose to Man City in hilarious fashion. 
I'll give you like it was twenty four seconds when Aguero scored. When don't don't tell me statistically you didn't make speaking, statistically speaking, Man City tend to beat Newcastle, but that doesn't mean Newcastle don't put up a pretty good fight. They do and do in in a way that even teams that have beaten Man City, like Rafa Benitez, always sets Newcastle out to like really just screw with a Pep Guardiola's head because he's like. What is going on? <laughs> They're not playing football. They have a player free and they kick it out for a throw-in. Why? Because they want you to have a throw-in because you'll slow the whole game down and they benefit from it. But like, it was 24 like, seconds when yeah. Aguero scored. And everyone, everyone who saw, oh, Aguero, one minute on yeah. their, like, on Twitter or whatever. Or like, your man had a terrible match. Uh, the keeper, he's had a couple of bad matches. Uh, Dubravka, yeah. Dubravka. He, ever since the Chelsea match has been kind of... Yeah, iffy. like over the weekend it was... Oh. But every like, everyone who saw that Aguero notification, oh, Man City have gone one 0 up. Everyone thought the same thing: oh, three 0 four 0 Yeah, yeah, uh, and so, it would have made sense considering the way the the, the games continue to play. Like Man City created chances, they just didn't put them away. It's like oh, they'll they'll start ratcheting it up soon, like they did against like Rotherham. But that's that's <laughs> in the thing though. Like when and when Arsenal scored against Man City, it was kind of like oh, are they going to do what Newcastle did yeah. here? And then obviously they didn't because you know they're Arsenal. Yeah, but. And that's that's kind of complacency has kind of crept in. Like Ferguson used to always, and it's very easy to always go back to Ferguson because who else would you go back to really? But mm-hmm. Ferguson used to always say the hardest thing to do is always to retain the title because complacency creeps yeah, in. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing that a little bit, Man City, in a couple of games. Like obviously, right before the Newcastle, they could go match, top by the end of this weekend. They could go top by the end of this week. Obviously, we're recording this before uh, Liverpool play Man- West Ham, so you know. Or are we? <laughs> who knows? Who knows, who knows when you're listening to this? Who knows what West Ham have done uh, at home against Liverpool? Or yeah, at home. So good check. Yeah, good check. Uh, but with Man City, like complacency has been creeping in. Obviously, before they lost to Newcastle, they scored like 33 goals and conceded two over the course of eight yeah. games. But going just right before that, like the Crystal Palace match, the Leicester match, the yeah. two that they lost, even the like Chelsea match. Yeah. You know, it just seems like they're playing on autopilot well they're not a perfect side they are not an all conquering team they are not like if you go back to the, the not even the greatest teams in recent Premier League years but like if you want to go back to uh, Carlo Ancelotti's Chelsea where you have goals coming from every direction you have strong uh, experienced players in every single position you have a hard fought defence and goalkeeper with Pender Cech, John Terry etc if you're going to the Manchester United team even the last Ferguson title winning team where you have Paul Scholes uh, Ryan Giggs are still there somehow, but Rio Ferdinand is still there. Vidic is still there. Uh, De Gea is is having his breakthrough season as Rooney's like there. the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. You have yeah Rooney still scoring goals. Van Persie still the best player in the league. Even Hernandez. Hernandez scored team. some goals in that team as well. And uh, Antonio Valencia when he played was good as well that season. And Nani as he you know he's yeah, still there yeah. knocking it was around. Still like, that's a strong team. Plenty of players there that have won the Champions League. Won the Champions League, won championships, score goals, and then you look at this Man City team who is not that they're not that they're not like they don't have experience, but it's a it's a running team with, with Pep Guardiola teams. And teams of that sort, of that reactionary sort that very much a unitic he hates Tiki Taka, but that's what they play. Where the sum is better than the sum of the, the team is better than its parts on their own. I've said that backwards, but you know what I mean. So if you were to take uh, Bernardo Silva and put him into Manchester United's team right now, I don't think he's doing a great deal in that team. You take uh, David Silva and you put him in this Chelsea side, and I think he's doing that much better than Jorginho. Jorginho. You put like Aguero into this Arsenal side. He's not doing any better than Aubameyang because he, you know, thrives on service, for instance. So the 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 unit that Pep Guardiola has produced is greater than some of its parts. But with having that unit in place, you lose the spontaneity and the ingenious of having a one man team. A la Chelsea a couple of years ago, Eden Hazard at his top form, with Diego Costa at his top form. A player can just change things and carry a team through when the unit itself is not functioning correctly. And that is unfortunately what Man City find themselves in. When the unit's not functioning correctly, they can't carry themselves through because they don't have that individual brilliance. Maybe that's Kevin De Bruyne with his creativity. It's not Sergio Aguero because if he doesn't get served, he scored a hat-trick at the weekend, but if he doesn't get served, he's never going to score a goal again. Look, look at him at Argentina. It happens time and time again. At, Bar- at Bayern Munich, you had a very similar thing. You had a very strong unit, but individually, you had no players who were going to take the game by the scuff of the neck and actually win it for you. At Barcelona, he was fortunate that he had 
maybe three players in there, Xavi, Iniesta and Messi that would do that for him. And maybe that's what's carried them to Champions League success and just that overall dominance that they had those extra players along with the team ethos to bring them through to that next phase. It still was good enough with this kind of complacency because it happened last year as well, if you remember, like losing to Liverpool last season, uh, losing a few ma- other matches. I can't remember what other losing matches. Losing to Man United. Man United as well, yeah, in particular, where it's like, well, that I, don't, I think that might be a bit of a freak match, but you kind of see, like There's, Liverpool in the Champions League was a good example of it, where, okay, this isn't where our team isn't playing at 100% today, and if our team doesn't play at 100%, we're in trouble. And that's the way Man City were in the Champions League last year. They got they hit early, they lost their kind of run of themselves, they lost their momentum, they weren't really functioning at a full pelt, and there was no one, no, like, John Wilson's talked about this in Man City, there's no characters there that can pull the team together and really get them like okay guys they don't have like a Roy Keane type well you thought that was Vincent Company, but when he does play he doesn't really seem to be pulling them together it's certainly not David Silva and then who else is senior in that team anymore Sergio Aguero Sergio Aguero is never going to do it you're looking at the defenders the fullbacks Kyle Walker is an experienced player maybe not at City but he's an experienced player I don't know if he's doing it anytime soon like Fernandinho perhaps but again, he's the closest thing. Probably is, but he's not. He's not Yaya Torre. He's not going to Fabian Delph. But that's what Yaya Torre offered City in the past. Is someone to just things are not going well. Yaya Torre will just kick along. Thirty, and 30 yards exactly. Curl it that's how they won the league cup. If you remember, that's how they helped them power to two league titles. Really, with him spearheading both of them. Now I don't know if that that exists for City, but. Saying that, they're only a few points off top of the league. Yeah, as you say, they could go top there's on still, Wednesday. There's what, 13 matches left? Uh, 13 or 14. Loads yeah, there's still left. It's still only February. Like, yeah, there's, not March 30, there's at least 30 points and April that and the top May. teams are going to get between now and the end of the season. Yeah, so there's obviously there's still plenty of time to go, but it just there's, this complacency that's crept in has just been quite interesting to see unravel because on, what was it, Tuesday night that they played Newcastle? Yeah. You could see Pep getting visibly irate at the team yeah. when they were one 0 up, and then just kind of being resigned to the fact that they were going to lose after an hour. Yeah, he just knew. He just sat back and yeah, maybe, slouched in his chair. And maybe like, that's no, what this team. Do. He he just needs to like. It feels like he needs to actually come onto the pitch and shake them to Some, wake up. Sometimes, and maybe that's the problem. You saw Zlatan when he went to Barcelona way back when, two thousand and nine, ten. Whenever eight, nine. Nine. No, no, yeah, nine, ten. Whichever year he was there, and you know, Zlatan said he was too much of a man for Pep Guardiola. He's too much of a you know a leader, as he would put it, as a you know a stereotypical uh, charisma that Zlatan has. Maybe that was too much for Pep, and maybe having that kind of stuff into Pep's team doesn't work with his kind of football. Where it's selfless, it's for the most part, it's like okay, you run and run and run for this team. You do exactly what I say. You do exactly what you're told. And maybe you'll get a game. Maybe you'll get, you know, Fabian Delft's whatever cameo into the match. Maybe Gabriel Jesus will get on and have a shot from nowhere and get nowhere with the shot. But do you think this, like the fact that they're kind of just playing on autopilot kind of takes away some of the sheen of yeah. how good they've been? Absolutely. Like, obviously last like, season. Like I thought last season was the same thing. I thought they were on autopilot for an awful lot of matches. But no one was good enough to come up with that Rafa Benitez style. Uh, you know, okay, let's... Because Rafa Benitez is the classic, you know, reactionary pragmatist of a manager. Where he, okay, I'm going to figure out how to shut down the other team. Same as Mourinho, but in a loss. Maybe in a less, you know, abrasive way. He'll shut you down. And he'll think of a way to do it. And that really upsets Pep. And I think it upsets his rhythm. And it happens with other Pep Guardiola like managers like Bielsa, like Sarri. If you really, you know, strategically work your team in a way that upset Pep's team. And he doesn't counteract it initially. It'll work, you know, it'll hurt you. Klopp did it lo- like not loads of times, but several times when in Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich, Klopp's or against Pep Guardiola's Bayern Munich, and it bothered Pep up to the point where he figured out, okay, ha- this is how I'm going to play. I'm going to play long balls against you. And you won't be able to press me and blah blah blah. And Pep eventually got the upper hand and won the leagues and everything against Borussia Dortmund in those years. And it's kind of the same. Like if he was facing these type of teams, so come up with them, think of a way to play them every week and adapt to whatever changes Pep would make every week I think Pep would be in a lot more of trouble than he is at the moment but the fact of the matter is he has probably the best squad in the Premier League and he is probably the best manager in the Premier League and there isn't people up there who are going to have any players that can adapt and change in the way that you would need to to really shut down Pep Guardiola's Man City on a week in week out basis and then uh, Manchester United continue the the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer train just keeps on moving yeah, on. Oli Lucian? 
the yeah that kind of olive loose yeah we'll, we'll have to we'll workshop that one we'll so, stick with meow for panis for now meow, meow for panis and you know all the gonosaurus soul share yeah let, let's <laughs> let's <laughs> stop <laughs> the puns here we're, okay. we're clearly not very good at them no um but yeah that's nine wins out of ten obviously they drop points for the first time since we last spoke yeah they, they drop yeah. points very fortunately not to lose against Burnley two very late goals but that's you know all the time that's what I want to say. Yeah, even uh, although I think he scored the second goal before. Well, he didn't score, but Man United scored the second <laughs> he goal. He did. He did score it. with his brain. He scored before the 90th minute. Right. So I don't know. And then he caused uh, PSG to lose the first league match of the season by immediately going over to see them but play against wearing, Leon. And Mike Feeling wearing, Mike that Feeling wearing a really weird hat while, while, while woolly, scouting PSG. A woolly beanie of some kind. Um, yeah. So, He's got magic powers, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Well, he does at the moment. You can't. Like, it, at the moment, it's a bit stunning how. This honeymoon period. Generally speaking, honeymoon periods don't last this long. Well, how long has it lasted? Like t- t- ten matches. It's ten matches, but it's only been six weeks since he's yeah. actually taken over because it's just he's joined at the most condensed part of the period yeah. of the season. Yeah, true, true. But like you could see in a lot of matches, like against against Arsenal, they played well, but like in the FA Cup and they knocked Arsenal out of the FA Cup. But easily that could have gone another way. It was. Three uh, one, yeah, league. but it was two one, and it could have been two all at a couple of opportunities. But eventually, they ran out three one victors in a few earlier matches, like against Spurs. That easy could have been any score. Yeah, De Gea obviously made some De Gea kept, and that kind of it's not just De Gea made an excellent save against Leicester. If you remember the free kick, yeah, on uh, Gazal, exactly top uh, corner, like. Like it's amazing because like Solskjaer has got De Gea playing well again, which you didn't think his form is negatively impacted by Mourinho, but obviously it was because uh, no, he's now pulling saves out. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't making these kind of saves, and he you know he was still facing that yeah. many shots, if not more shots. Yes, yeah. and you know, generally speaking, like their defensive record has improved dramatically under I, Solskjaer. They've kept how many clean sheets? I think they them? currently have the best defensive record. If you were to start the league yeah. from his first, game. yeah, because he kept like a bunch of clean sheets at the start of his reign. And well, it took him a while for his first one, but. It it was just oh, really? one goal because remember they five one against Cardiff three one Huddersfield and four one Bournemouth. So yeah, they were scoring so, plenty and just conceding that one goal. Not less than Mourinho was conceding. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like they've conceded six, I want to say, since Solskjaer's taken over in all yeah. the competitions. So. so it is something, but uh, but I, like I said at the start of this, you can't. I can't. I don't. How long? How much longer can this last? Well, they've got a really tough period coming up now because obviously they have Fulham next, which is yeah. not the most difficult game in the world considering they're in the relation. Yeah. Time. But after that, they've got uh, PSG twice. They've got Liverpool coming up. They've got Man, S- Man City coming up, I think, and Arsenal as well. Uh, yeah. As long as as well as like trips to Crystal Palace, which is a tough place to go, and Southampton, which is maybe an easier fixture than some of the other ones. Well, they lost. No, they drew Southampton in the previous in the turnaround fixture. They, yeah, that's that was it, they, that's what Marquis was like. For, yeah. Like Old Trafford hasn't been a fortress this season, even under Solskjaer. He has been a put under no, pressure. That's where they home. dropped their exactly. First that's where it looked, and it looked a bit, you know. Precarious with a few other matches they've had at, at Old Trafford so far. Yeah, Brighton could have got something. Exactly, there. and the, like the Champions League would be a big tell. Like I know Leon beat PSG, and PSG have suffered the first league defeat of the season. And they're without Neymar, and you know who knows what will happen. But uh, like as I said to you previously, I think PSG will have a huge boost. Not a huge boost, but I think overall PSG will be boosted. No, they'll be by, more flexible. Yeah, by Neymar not being there, I think Tuchel hasn't yet adapted to losing Neymar and how he should adjust to play but I think by the time the Champions League comes around which is what 10 days uh, it is 8 days 8 days tomorrow around, week yeah, tomorrow week, week. Uh, I think he's got another league match to kind of gear things up and figure out okay what am I going to do to adjust for Neymar not being there like there is a bit of creativity lacking but I think they could almost mirror Manchester United's system in that they'll have a very pacey attacking forwards in Mbappe and whoever else he picks and then have a more structured hard three in midfield and I think they'll play toe-to-toe Manchester United yeah we'll, we'll probably do a more in-depth look at that next week I'd yeah say. but I think that will be a t- much greater tell I think as you said Fulham this week won't be a massive challenge I'd expect they, Man they, United they'll probably to win. rest players even considering yeah. PSG's coming yeah up. well I don't know if he wants to upset the form although maybe they he'll do it in the FA Cup when he rested players by starting Lukaku and, and Sanchez as the two strikers and then switch it up in the second I could half. see maybe like Herrera and Matic maybe getting a bit of rest yeah yeah, perhaps, and then but who comes in? Mata. We we need to see the the boy McTominay. Oh yes, yeah, Scott McTominay. 
and uh, no. someone, I'm sure they'll figure out someone else. No, I, I think Fred. I think, where's Fred? I think so. Yeah, where is Fred? He was he, on the bench. On he Saturday, was. He's been on the bench most days. But I think I don't think Solskjaer is a man for changing his starting eleven that much. I think he will make slight changes, like you said, bringing on Sanchez, certain Sanchez and Lukaku as the strike force. I, of can we just Rashford talk about uh, Sanchez on Sunday because he was dreadful? Like it's just like what do Man United do with Alexis? It feels a bit like, and it's funny because this is what Arsenal have to do with Alexis. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal struggle genius being able to get rid of him somehow. Well, they've kept on to Ozil. But, yeah, so they've kept have, on to Ozil. So that's half the problem. Of, so they both now have to share the problem yeah. instead of it all being Arsenal. Uh, I think San- yeah, I think Sanchez might be a make way this summer for some businessman United might want to do. I just, I th- I just I think don't know how they Italy, get rid of him. Anyone in Italy, anyone but in Spain will take him. It's just his wages. Yeah, but they'll just pay, make it. Like, I've been hearing talks with Ozil that, that what they're going to do with Ozil is they'll give him whatever transfer fee Arsenal receive for Ozil. They will give him part of it, and that will, you know, adjust the wages down to whatever they'll, they'll have to pay. <laughs> That's how much they want range. Well, it might make sense. It'll be a kind of a settlement arrangement, yeah. and allegedly, and I think something similar could happen. It's happened before. And a lot of teams who want to get rid of players who are like underperforming or they feel are underperforming, like Torres, Fernando Torres, it happened to us famously. I think it could happen as well with with, with both Alexis and Ozil, <laughs> wherever they end up. Imagine if they ended up with the same team. Yeah, that they could both end up at like you know, Hoffenheim. Yeah, go go <laughs> go, go to like Hoffenheim. Go to Hoffenheim, just when Nagelsmann leaves. Yeah, but Leicester as well are in a bit of a weird period now because obviously they beat City back at Christmas, yeah. then they've drawn at Anfield, something none other, no other non-top six side have done yeah. this season, and now they've lost my and they've Tottenham up next week. And they, but they're, they're, the, the club hates the manager for seemingly no reason. Yeah, but they hated him at Southampton as well, and they kept him in the club. League. Well, he doesn't seem like a very hateable man. No, he apparently he's very well liked. Like he was, the, he discovered Thierry Henry at Monaco. You know, he he was the coach slash scout. I think that found him. Yeah, know? he was. Yeah, like he has a, a a pedigree in football in France for winning trophies for not necessarily playing attractive football, but playing winning football. He has. He not, got Hatton Minerva playing football again. He did. He had like Leicester are. I think it, like for whatever you say about their results, it's kind of par for the course. Leicester, Leicester like personally, I think Leicester are the seventh best team in the Premier League. Yeah, they won the league their squad. three years. They ago. won the league three years ago. Their whole squad has changed fundamentally since then. Pretty much. Yeah, with only a few of the players. Vardy, really. Vardy Schmeichel. They're the only two yeah. top class players that are still there. That would be you know okay. These guys could drop into one of the top teams. Uh, and they're bringing through young players. He's given them chances. He's brought in Maguire. Chilwell has come through. Uh, the your man they've got from uh, Telsman. They've got from Monaco. Like they T- have Telemann. Telemann, yeah. sorry. They brought in from Monaco. Like these aren't bad signings. They have like they've offloaded Deadwood that they signed in the wake of winning the the league a couple of years ago. Shemani is still kind of knocking about somewhere. <laughs> Ian Acho. Uh, the but. Like they're they're seven they're the best seven like where are they? At they're, the cur- they're currently eleventh. They're eleventh, but the point that was just six points between them and Wolves and seventh. So yeah, it's like, a huge gap. And Wolves being in seventh is more of a, a freak than anything else because of you know they're a promoted side and they're half the Portuguese national team playing for them. Yeah, well, it's only two points to eighth, which is eighth is kind of where you nearly expect them just because Everton spent so much money to get absolutely nowhere. Do Do you want to talk about Everton or should we ignore Everton for the rest of our lifetime? Like it's it's not as bad as last season. That's all you can say about Everton. That's like such last a season, low bar. Yeah, last season was no, but last season was without hope. Like it had no. You had Big Sam there ruining everything, getting rid of all the young players, and saying, "Oh, they're stupid to go abroad and play football and get experience well, like, and do well." And now this season, Marco Silva, I think he's they're doing fine. No, but they're, they're embarrassing. They're, they're just, not they embarrassing. Look at there, they're ninth place. But they're just so meek and pathetic. But it's and the first like. They've got players like Theo Walcott not doing much. Yeah, you know, but Theo Michael Walcott Keane, hasn't done anything for a long time. Not doing much. Jordan Pickford, he, ever since they lost uh, lost at Anfield, Jordan Pickford has been terrible. It's just... Maybe his confidence is shot. I, I, I personally, like, Everton have not played well this season. There's no doubt about that. They're, they've been poor. They've been poor last season as well. But the issue with Everton, it's, like, you have to imagine, it's Marco Silva's ha- He's only been there six months. You have to give him a bit of time. Like, it, we've kind of been fooled by the last few... Everton appointments that have done well David Moyes back in the day and then uh, Roberto Martinez Bobby did Martinez. well in his first season and so did uh, Coleman so, Ronald Coleman if you remember and then the second season they fell away now if you're an Everton fan going at it okay do you prefer to have a good first season and then a crap two following seasons which is what 
basically the experience of old Coleman and uh, Bobby Martinez Bobby Martinez and Sam Ellis <laughs> just in terms of months maybe and now they're like uh, what do we do like what you do is you but, you you persist with the you, they do not have a squad their squad isn't better they, than no but this isn't I'm not I'm not here to disparage Marco Zilla I don't think I think but it's their squad isn't better than but Leicester's. that's what I mean like their squad it's not better than but they've spent so much money on total mediocrity remember Cenk Tolson yeah yeah is Cenk he still Tolson. there He's still there. He's playing. He played against Wolves as far as I know. Yeah, or he oh, was on the bench good. maybe. Because yeah, Marcus Silva said he's not out of the, he's not out of my plans, even though he has. Like quite clearly, he's they just spent so much. Like they spent fifty million on Gilfie Sigurdsson. But that Gilfie Sigurdsson is one of the top scorers in the Premier League this season. But I, I, you keep telling me he scored ten goals, and I do not believe you just because that makes no sense. He to has. Me. He's one of the top scorers in the Premier League. He's kept them alive. He's definitely Everton's top scorer. Like they, they still have issues up front. Is their main issue. They're they're structurally relatively sound they're still breeding players through as in bloating players yeah they like, have repla- good youth players replacing Gareth Barry like Guy Gay what's his name Idrissa Gay Id- Idrissa Gay they rejected bids from they PSG were, for yeah him. PSG wanted him and he felt like he wanted out as well even during the summer because he had a good season last year despite everything being ter- terrible last season it's they're building something I don't know what exactly they're building and I don't think they really know what they're building but having Marco Silva there and if he will stay I think that's still a concern with Marco Silva. He could get a like a job like Milan or Inter or a, jo- a big job in Spain, I think, and he would be out the door. I think this is the kind of club, kind of job now after what's happened with Watford and Hull that he kind of needs to stay. No, he doesn't. If he gets AC Milan job, if that comes up in the morning, which it could happen any day, somehow, be, somehow he's still there. I think our Catuso. I think our reputation or his reputation is not quite there that he could get the Milan I think job. He could. I think he could. Not when like the they've got like Conte is still the yeah, shadow that like, looms largest over. Yeah, but he Syria. could go anywhere in Italy. Like think of another big club in Italy. Like Roma could easily take. Like Monchi could easily pick. I, I, I don't think they'll get rid Silver. of Di Francesco this season. No, I'm not saying the they will, the but I'm not saying it's going to happen now. But I mean, that's the thing. If you're Everton, I, I think Silver's there at the end of the season bar something terrible going wrong. But will... I think if if Everton are building for the future and Silva isn't their long-term, because they do need a long-term manager at this point. Like As it turns out, Sack and Roberto Martinez may not have been the best decision in the world. Or Ronald Coleman. Or Ronald Coleman, really, especially not Ronald Coleman. Ronald Coleman would not have done worse than Sam Allardyce by the end of that season. But here we are. It's a weird like everything need to settle themselves. They have new ownership. They like for for your man, what's his name? Bill Bill Kenwright. Oh Bill Kenwright. Who was the chairman for such a long time, the majority owner, was so patient with most of his managers, bringing back old managers like Harry Kendall and Joe Royal multiple times and uh, Walter Smith. Dave and Moy the, spending eleven years there. It's only eleven years. It was about it might have longer. It did feel longer. I thought it was gonna say fifteen years. But yeah, uh he stuck with the managers and then you come in and then initially Roberto Martinez did fantastically well. He got them within, with skin's teeth, they'd failed to qualify for the Champions League in his first season. They finished fifth place just behind Arsenal. Like two or three points, I think it was. Yeah, it was right end. down to the second last game of the season, I think, until and, until it was decided. I think it was when Arsenal went to the Goodison and won. I yeah. think it was kind of the decided about that, like late April. Yeah, that was it. But then you look the other side of it. Whoopsie daisy. You look the other side of it, and like they did badly next season. But the, you know they sold players, they lost players. Teams figured them out. Coleman then comes in. You get that instant boost. Same thing happens. They lose players, they sign players. Things are betting in, and then you you're like, what are you doing? You, it's like they have no plan with the new ownership. Now maybe with Silva, he's a progressive manager. He seems to have plans wherever he goes. All the players sing sing his praises when he goes there. They say they they improve him. He they become better players. David Myler not to go hark back to him, but he said he was a great manager. Like if he stays, I think they'll do better. But this season, I think might be just a bit of a write-off. At the same time, if Huddersfield are having Everton season, they'd be happy out. Wolves are basically having the similar season to Everton, and they're happy out. I just think after the last few years, Everton fans are just kind of annoyed at yeah. how everything's turned out. But it's out. the status quo. Like they are between like if you know for how everyone, much they've spent, the, yeah, the everyone's annoyed are a lot since higher. the Everton or since the Leicester City title win. Everyone who's not like Man City, Chelsea. Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal is annoyed with how things have gone because obviously they've they've achieved league title victories in the past, like in the recent past. So they know what it's like, and they think they can do it again. And they're challenging or they're thereabouts in Champions League places year after year. Leicester came from nowhere and won it. So if you're any fan that's not of the big teams and not of Leicester City, you're like, 
why can't we win the league this year? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? And the, as you're saying, the spending of the money really, you know, it hurts. It hurts them deep. Leicester have screwed up the whole equilibrium of football in, in, in England because it's hurt fans. Like Stoke think they could win the league after Leicester won it. January transfer window. Has the Sky Sports pushed yellow tie flying dildo hype machine finally ground to a halt? Where's everyone's money gone? There's no dildos this year. There's, there's not been one for a while now. It's which disappointing. Is... It was very cold in transfer deadline day if you didn't notice. Like they had the poor... It's down in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, uh, Newcastle United and Leicester were my two favourites. Newcastle United, your man was covered in snow and he was still outside and it was like 11... Go home, man. There's no transfers left. They've got their only guy they're going to sign from Atlanta United, bizarrely. Although For we talked about it before, 20, yeah, 21 million in this market. What 21 million last summer bought you like no one. part of a goalkeeper? Yeah, part of his legs. Yeah. Like, Burnt Leno wasn't an expensive goalkeeper last year. Arsenal bottom cost more than that. Uh, but again, yeah, fair play to Newcastle, the 19th richest club in the world. And they. <laughs> part of that money that like that's nothing they're that is one if they stay in the league this year with oh wait regardless of them staying in the league this year that is one fifth of the tv money they receive for domestic rights television they, they rights. bought other players as well like i have the full list here it was on loans uh, though and stuff yeah but it's something for newcastle like, yeah considering like, where they've been and like, then they, check their outs <laughs> they brought in antonio Barek as well i thought they signed someone else though. no that was it they, and then they, they loaned out yeah they've loaned out six players here none of which i think were really getting into the main side like they've all gone to the likes of crew blackpool yeah, but sheffield the, wednesday they're off the bill, like. Yeah, so that's the thing with up, them. Freed up like ten grand wages a week. Yeah, squad squad places they're freeing out. So, what teams' transfer activity stuck out to you most? Chelsea's. Chelsea know, got Higuain, who's been you and know, Pulisic, even though he's yeah. Well, no, I don't count. Pul- I don't really count Pulisic. Like Chelsea are on the brink of a transfer ban if we we're to believe like David Conn's reporting and other people's reporting. They breached like a hundred rules or something. No, it's a hundred different players hundred different breached players rules on. Which is the same type of thing that Atletico Madrid got done for. And Barcelona. And Barcelona and Real Madrid. Did in, Real Madrid Yeah, they got a transfer, transfer ban. Yeah, they had a transfer I don't remember that at all. They, they missed in two transfer windows, I think. It didn't really affect them. They don't sign that many players. Oh, yeah, necessarily weird. Real Madrid don't. And then they signed Kovacic, I think, afterwards. Or right before. One or the other. I think he was the player they signed and then they had the ban. But now Chelsea are facing that this Chelsea, summer, Yeah, the, the presumption is that Chelsea will get this ban this summer. That they have to get these signings in early. And the reality is... I, I Another thing I liked about Chelsea is they slowed out even more players. Victor <laughs> like, Moses, I missed that. Lewis oh yeah, Victor Baker. Moses has gone to... Gone to uh, Baba Raman was still at Chelsea. Yep. That's ba- a huge revelation. Like Bachwai Bachwai came back and they yeah, got rid of him. No, got, he's still. Oh, yeah, he went to. They went Palace. to Crystal Palace. I remember that now. Uh, Morata was gone. Baba Raman, as you said. Oh, Matt Ma- <laughs> Mazga. Like, they're not. They're, they're such a strange club, but regardless of their loan activity, which is just so, so bizarre. Oh, well over 40 players loan this summer. And yet. The season at At Atlanta, look on and laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> did you see the report that they've got like a hundred players out on loan? Oh, Atlanta, what a what a lovely alleged uh, money laundering scheme is going on there. <laughs> well, they're doing all right there. They knocked Juve out of the cup. Yeah, they did. Silly Juve. But to go back to watch McCollis, Chelsea. They've made one loan signing, I think with an option to buy, which is, I think, with an option to buy. Yeah, 30 million But I don't know how that will, what's going to, how, how things are going to affect that with the transfer ban, whether they'll actually be allowed to have him. And without him, then they have Pulisic. Like Higuain, I think, is a good signing. Everyone's been after him for years. He showed at the weekend, he scored two goals, which are proper Higuain goals, which is like, he got a, a, a sight at goal, hits a shot, top corner, what, both times. What was it you said today? You said to me, it was like, Higuain is one of the best players in the world, just kicking the ball at the goal. Yeah, he <laughs> is. is. a pretty good turn of phrase. It's the same. Lucas Podolski had the same thing. It's just like, uh, the thing with like Lucas Podolski is, imagine being good at football at one thing, and Lucas Podolski was hitting the ball really hard with his left foot. And that was really the only thing he was good at. He wasn't really proficient passer, wasn't a good dribbler, didn't run a great deal, didn't head the ball that much. He was scored like fifty goals for Germany in the national team as well. Yeah, he was like great played player. in four World Cups, I think. Yeah, two thousand six was might have been his first one, so it okay. might only been three. Three World Cups. 
still fantastic. Like, was Germany's best player at least one and a half of those World Cups? Yeah, he was phenomenal in 2006 and 2010 for sure. Yeah. And but it's the same with Higuain. It's you get him the ball in the box as long as there's nothing stupid going on around him. He doesn't have to think about it. Or if it's a final, <laughs> yeah. Or if it's a final, he'll put the ball into the back of the net, and that's what he's always done. He did it at Real Madrid, he did it at Juventus, he did it at Napoli, he's doing it at Chelsea. Now that's why clubs have been after him for years. Like as as it's been said before in Serie A, he's considered in the top two. If you were to not top two, top three. If you were to talk about the best strikers in the world. For the last five years, Higuain has been, as far as Italy is concerned, they put him in the top three. Well, he, he broke the, the long-standing record in from Italy. From the 20s, he only equaled it. Oh, I thought he beat it. I know, I think I, it was like, I, I he, thought... bro- he broke the one from the 50s. But oh, okay. There's still one standing from the 20s. So they say the modern era of Italian football. And like some of those goals are fantastic. I think the, the final goal kick. was, the, yeah, the bicycle yeah. kick was his final goal. That was a wonderful goal. Like he was yeah. phenomenal on that side. Sarri's. Sarri's won and he was like the same, like he's gone back to, Ch- he's gone back to Sarri now and, if Sarri can get the best out of him, like they scored five goals the weekend, Hazard was back poor in his poor Huddersfield. Hazard was back in his favorite position, and you know Chelsea could get a bounce from this. They've got rid of Morata. This is what we were saying the first half of the season. That if Chelsea had a striker, they could do wonders in this league because they just needed something to distract away from shutting down Jorginho in the midfield, and maybe this will be enough to carry Chelsea because in the last few weeks, Sarri's thrown the players under the bus twice. He's disavowed them another time, and the whole team has kind of like shrunk to a bit of a, a stop. But you talk about how Higuain might give them a bit of advance. Higuain played last Wednesday when they lost four yeah, nil to first, Bournemouth. It was first game, time. It was actually his second game because he played in the cup. <laughs> no, against, he didn't. Yeah, he he was, did. I thought he was just introduced and they no, all waved he, at him. he started the game really against Sheffield Wednesday. I've missed that entirely. Uh, so it was his second game. So it wasn't even his debut. Yeah. He's just feeling himself in. He's can, like, I ju- can I just say that again? 4 0 to Bournemouth. Champions League rivals Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, the tables have turned now. Yeah. yeah, and then what did Bournemouth do at the weekend? They, they lost to Cardiff, so that's relegate to Bournemouth. Cardiff. Um, oh my god. So the next team I want to pull up here is uh, Burnley. Do you, do you know Burnley? What player, one player Burnley signed? Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch, yes. Peter Crouch. On an undisclosed fee, which I enjoyed. From Stoke, which wasn't that, like, Stoke obviously wanted to get rid of him. He's one, Peter Crouch is, what, 36 now? At least, if not more. Yeah, I remember when he was playing for Aston Villa back way back in the early 2000s. I just remember him at Liverpool scoring. Didn't he score a hash against Arsenal? Oh, point? I'm sure he did. He didn't fit into their kits. They really should have just made longer ones for him with bigger arms. But Or they just should have given him under armour at the time. It would have looked less weird. No, we got to have, have the, maximum the, weirdness. The long sleeves up to his elbows. Peter Crouch not allowed in Trinidad to be, though, for his own health. Oh yeah, they will kill him. Yeah, pulling yeah, that hair. What happened? Well, like the sports minister is the guy who pulled this hair. He is now the sports minister, so I wouldn't go back to Trinidad Tobago if I was Peter Crouch. He's got a great goal scoring record for England. He scores great. Do you remember the goal he scored for Stoke a couple of years ago against Man City? Yeah, yeah. it was an unreal goal. I think that was personally. I think that was goal of the season. I think that it year. was. No, goal. I think it was. They gave it to some other goal. That might have been the Aruni scored the overhead. No, it was well after that. I think it was like they gave it to Delhi Alley or something instead. No, it was around that. Unless we're thinking of different goals, it was definitely around that period. Okay. But we'll come back to that uh, talk on Peter Crouch's goals. But I honestly don't know why. Like, Sam Vokes went the opposite direction. Yeah, he went, yeah, he went to exchange. Like, why? Like, it's, it's a very Burnley. different player. So they're different players. Like, Sam Vokes isn't the most mobile player in the world, but he's not Peter Crouch. And what are they going to do with Peter Crouch? Like, Burnley, like, they're in that group of teams which we've just talked about before, which are crap. In that, in that level. They're not Huddersfield. But they're in the group of like nine teams above Huddersfield that could still go down before the end of the season. Like, I, I don't think, expect I them to. They're to too good to go down. But like Newcastle were too good to go down. They I don't down. think they're too good to go down because you can only really say that about some of the historic big teams in England. At Leeds like, went down multiple times. Chelsea well, have gone down. Man United have gone down. Well, yeah. Well, the 70s was slightly different. At this time, the teams that are too big to go down are basically the top six, Everton, Amazing. Well, get relegated. Yeah. That one time they almost, the two twice they were saved on uh, last day of the season. It's been since the 50s that they last went down. So, yeah, like, and it, Arsenal been there since they joined the league. And uh, yeah, Arsenal are the longest standing team. They've been there since the 20s, I think. Uh, 13, 14 seasons oh, when they last couple of moved to Hyper. Yeah, so the the teams that are too big to go down, Burnley is not one of those teams. I don't think they will go down this year. And it won't be because of Peter Crouch, though. Like it was, it was just no, but weird... it just seems like it's one of it's we we like has Sean Dyke gone full Pulis? Has he no? The better question is, has he gone full Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it just 
For anyone who doesn't know, there is an interesting YouTube series of someone playing FIFA with just players <laughs> born in the UK. For, for a second there, I thought I'd go, for anyone who's not uh, aware, Brexit. Yeah, Brexit <laughs> is, is happening. What, what do you think Brexit's effects on this giant transfer window is, though? Uh, I do think that there is a cautionary, like partially speculative uh, choice by a lot of the clubs this, this this winter window. Like a lot of teams, like there is a lot of teams in the Premier League who need to like get players to stay into the Premier League, and there's a lot of team like team, teams higher up that need like Chelsea need, needed a striker, so they went and got a striker, but they probably needed like some kind of alternative midfield in place of Ross Barkley or maybe building for the future if there is going to be a transfer ban they needed like maybe different fullbacks maybe a different winger combination over, they, other they were William. linked with midfielder like uh, your man Pardish that ended up going to PSG they were linked with and a yeah. few other midfielders these weren't players that weren't necessarily going to come in at the like a Higuain standard but they needed probably that Higuain standard Manchester United like they didn't, easy, buy didn't buy anyone didn't get rid of anyone no ins no outs they just signed uh, Marshall and his contract but and, at the same time they could have they could have changed things up but they still could, need a defender at United you could argue that that though was because they don't want to spend money under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when they don't know who will be manager next true 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 like so that. maybe it's that but then you go to Arsenal and they were like oh they they really need to get into the Champions League next year for financial reasons and we're Stan Kroenke's LA Rams to you know have extra money to pay for their stadium in LA and they got Dennis Suarez who, on loan, on loan for Barcelona, which is fair enough. But they, they, this is the same team that lost three first team players for the season. In that, you know, two starters in uh, Hector Bellerin and Rob Holding out for the rest of the season, and Danny Welbeck, who was playing every single match either as a sub or as a starter, was go- is gone for the season as well. And they replaced him with a player who, you know, you're looking at him like Mesut Ozil is on the bench. Is there anything that Dennis Suarez does that Mesut Ozil doesn't do? Run maybe? No, Mesut Ozil always has good running statistics. He's lightweight. He's maybe not. He's probably not a good footballer as Mesut Ozil. What what does he give that Mesut Ozil wasn't necessarily give? It's like it's a self created problem that they've resolved with Dennis Suarez. When they had okay, you you're playing a nineteen year old almost every single week as you're you're kind of holding with Fielder and Guendouzi. Torreira is twenty two years old after playing a, a World Cup injured and being injured most of the season and hobbling after every ninety minutes he plays, has played every game this season. You have a walking liability in Granit Xhaka who either gets injured or gets suspended every few weeks. Or gives away a goal. Or gives away a goal. Like you have Mustafi, we don't even have to, we talked about Mustafi earlier on and none of these were replaced or covered. You have Lichtsteiner, thirty six year old nearly, player playing right back who has no pace whatsoever and his backup is Carl Jenkinson who nobody at the club trusts despite his undying love for the club but the thing is though, undying like, love's not worth anything in this world <laughs> it really isn't poor Carl uh, but like the thing is as well like there was that really stark quote from Emery about halfway through January where he said we have no money to yeah. buy we, yeah. we can only loan yeah. like was that how much of that is down to the fact that they wasted 70 million on the two we mentioned earlier yeah, and but- they bought poorly and now they have no money left or how much do you think of it is they're being conservative because of Brexit coming up and the, the uncertainty I think Arsenal ahead. probably isn't the best example apart from in terms of if, if that's the angle you're coming at it like the owners have never put any money into Arsenal so it's always self-created funds from within the club but where are the fund, funds gone from there that it's all going back into the bank and then paying for various loans and the stadium in Los Angeles allegedly for the LA Rams but say I think it was speculative in that they don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen with football in the next six months. And like whichever way you are, that's fine. But it, the the effects in football are unknown. Like the, there could be a, a re, like all European EU players, unlikely as it may be, may have to apply for work permit status. It could affect the whole. Do the does the do all the same UEFA rules apply to, and EU uh, employment rules apply to English Premier League clubs now that they have to. You know, they have to uh, employ a certain amount of players from the... You know, they, they can't have any differing employment regulations for EU citizens that they have for UK citizens, which is currently part of the EU. Do they have to, like, re-change those? That, does that give an onus on more British players to get into these teams? Does it change the makeup of... Like, of, of do all these things still apply going into next summer? Does suddenly there has to be a huge premium on British players to fill up other quotas? Or do European players become a rarity now? going into it and do the same rules of say when you have to get a South American player to the UK you have to get to go through all these work permit and visa issues and have you know certain they have to have a certain amount of international caps and various things like that for them to get a work permit do you have to do the same thing for say like Hector Bellerin for or instance what about like Gunduzi Gunduzi yeah international like, w- caps yeah. would he have signed for Arsenal say this summer 
if you, you don't know see that's the whole thing like obviously we're approaching into politics here we're talking about Brexit and like there's yeah, so we've much no uncertainty idea. about we've Brexit no as a whole it's uncertainty that it's, it's so bizarre what's going on but I, I I've seen people say like we, we talked about this off mic um, at the weekend oh, you, you said that teams are not buying because of the uncertainty and I yeah. thought that they might spend money because of the uncertainty because the fact that they don't know whether they'll be able to bring in players in the summer yeah. that they might spend in January but we've not seen that at all like Dominic Solanke to Bournemouth for 19 million was kind of the only regular transfer yeah. we've seen and that was like funded by Bournemouth by getting rid of all their other they got rid of a fair amount of players Bournemouth this window and freed a lot of their wage budget up so they could afford the likes of Solanke Jermaine Defoe's gone Jermaine Defoe's gone to Rangers yeah on loan you yeah, it's like I get where you're coming from that they should spend now with the uncertainty. And if I were in their position, maybe I would there as well because you don't know which way the pound is going to go. Like the pound is already devalued significantly in the last couple. Of, well, you say significantly, it was re- like it has returned to a mean maybe when it was very strong against the euro for a few years there, and now it's kind of regressed back. But we don't know where it's going to go in the next few months, and maybe there will be less value for the pound than there has ever been in the summer market coming up. And you're looking around at the clubs and like maybe. If they expect to sell players abroad in the summer, maybe they'll be getting less money and the euro will be a bit stronger or the euro won't be as strong as they might expect it to be because you don't know where this is going to stand. So maybe they should be spending the money now. But none of them took that view, really. Bournemouth, perhaps being the outlier in this case, none of the big clubs took it as like, oh, we need to get players in now. Man City, who kind of are Brexit-proof because of their, their funding mechanism and Chelsea to a lesser extent, they didn't take this opportunity to really splash the cash. Liverpool um, didn't buy anyone. No. Arsenal didn't buy anyone on a permanent basis. Manchester United didn't spend any money. Yeah, Spurs, of course, are, are refused yeah, to buy yeah. anybody. They just sell. Yeah, they have like they have no signings for two windows now, and they've just sold players and not for very much. Uh, yeah, so they're they're a bizarre case. But even going down the table, like the the top players, like Leicester, were unusual by getting a few players in. But they only brought in Yuri Tielemans on loan. That was yeah, it. But they got rid of a few others, like. Yeah. Uh, Ryan to they've, they've got rid of Andy King they Andy got King rid was of Vicente Ibora they got rid of Adrian Silva as well who's just had the worst time of it unless yeah year. it was about time he left to be honest but like that going down the league like there was very few like you and you expect usually in the like it was only 180 million I think spent which was the lowest I think it was the actually first, lower the first decrease anyway in, in since it's come in I think like let's just think about Southampton Southampton are the kind of club, club that when January comes around they make one permanent signing maybe one loan signing like yeah. well, like uh, I haven't seen what Southampton done I can't tell you anyone they've brought in yeah they brought, brought no one in yeah brought nobody in and they got rid of they Gab- got rid of a got, few players yeah players who were outside like Gabby Dini was a good good player to get rid of because they probably made a bit of money on him and then the rest they've kind of lowered like Inter Milan they still players Inter Milan who do they sell Inter Milan uh, so, Suarez Cedric Suarez Cedric no Cedric how odd it was what but, like Watford only brought in someone on a free and had, yeah, they held on to, and they held on they refused to sell their players which was like okay if you want to make if you want to confirm that we're going to make money and have money for like Southampton or Watford are a selling club that is the purpose of Watford is to build players up and then sell them on that is the stated aim of the Ponzi family it's part of it it's a money making exercise and they didn't sell anybody even though they had interest for uh, your man that everyone loves Ducore and they refused to sell him West Ham only brought in Samir Nasri on a free which yeah. is a bit of a weird when they loaned out Reese Oxford and other players like that like it is quite weird to see so few things happen in the market like yeah. Fulham were a big big spender and they bought Lazar Markovic which I think was actually a free transfer yeah, they loaned in, in Nordfed in from Hoffenheim and they brought in Ryan Babel yeah. who Besiktas were pushing out the door yeah with his red hair yeah so like yeah it is weird it's like as if the Premier League is going towards the model like generally speaking no one signs anyone at Christmas in most of the other leagues like in like Italian teams try to get uh, business done early and then close everything up German teams like even though they have the winter break and they have a long time to do negotiations and not be distracted by any type of football or any type of activities tend to not want to upset any squads even if they're doing badly like we saw Bayern Munich again losing and not being very good and the players not being very content with the manager and them not doing anything about it to to like in the in the window to kind of overcome that. They did try to sign Callum Hudson Odoi, but they never pushed. It yeah, but I don't too think he much. was the player that was going to change things at this. Yeah, that point. too. They never one. tried to like okay, we need to get a strong centre midfielder, which is what they need. Go find us Mario Gomez, Mark Two. Well, that's a different that's a different kettle of fish, but they didn't try and do that, and they never like they their business was a bit weird. And then you go to Spain and like the only business that was done was kind of 
Barcelona getting rid of some dead weight. Kevin Prince Boateng. Yeah, bringing in one and for some, it, that was bizarre beyond repair. Bringing we in. did see a few weird things this this transfer window, like Kevin Prince Boateng. The weirdest thing and the saddest. Thing we, was a weird one. Think Wayne finally coming to Premier with Milan Lakers. after like a few months. Like Milan have done this before. They did this with Torres as well, and they offloaded him. Like they offloaded him to Atletico Madrid on loan for two years, even though they had him on loan. Yeah, but the saddest thing and what we'll probably close on here with the giant transfer window is we finally wave goodbye to the afro the tree true Marwan Fellaini Marwan Fellaini we after a have, long we said there was no else to Manchester United Marwan Fellaini yeah it's been he's at the club he actually made the same amount of appearances for Man United as he did Everton 177 oh, wow so sad day for we words. wish him another 177 appearances uh, well in China. Uh, at China Another players. Belgian international goes to China and doesn't really want to go, but has gone anyway. So he sounds like he's got a nice pay packet. Not as bad as Carrasco. Is... Carrasco's stuck out there. Yeah. Oh, you, did you ever look at that Carrasco signing? To... Carrasco was at Atletico Madrid. The Chinese firm allegedly came, comes in and, and helps finance uh, the stadium at, at Atletico Madrid. And suddenly two players disappear to China. Yeah, Jackson Martinez also. Yeah. For a big price. No, it wasn't Jackson Martinez. This is another time. Oh well, he yeah. did go to China. Yeah, he did go. That was for money. That was a different situation. But like Carrasco and whoever else, someone else went with him over to China, and like Carrasco just scored in the Champions League final. He he did have a poor six months leading up to that as well. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, but like, he, he, was he was good and... enough. He's a guy who's trying desperately to get out of China and trying to. I'll cut my wages into like a quarter to go somewhere else. I did. Uh, that was one of my favorite performances of the Champions League in recent years. Was his final performance coming off the bench in for Atletico, but. It's kind of sad to see him just kind of in China. Yeah, wishing he was somewhere else. And it's sad, and obviously, did you hear how the talks went broke down? Which is obviously didn't happen with Fellaini. It's that they 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 had issues with translating, and they just just didn't respond to emails after. No, it's okay. We'll just leave it. And that was it. And they're like the Chinese club were trying to like, no, no, we're we're willing to sell. Hello, (laughs) hello, hello. (laughs) Who am I? Who am I? But yeah, that was the situation. But like poor Fellaini. Like, he cut me, his hair. That was it. Give Samson. me, give me your favorite Marwan Fellaini moment in Simon England. Oh, when he was suddenly the best player in the world under Louis Van Gaal, is playing from a, a a false nine from the wing. <laughs> from the wing, I think my favorite moment for Fellaini was uh, that opening day of the 2012-13 season when he was still at Everton. It was the, they played Man United on Monday Night Football. Van Persie just signed for the club. Man United came off the bench. It was like, oh, this will be the moment now. Van Persie comes in and kicks things into gear for Man United's title bit and then Mario Fellaini, 60-70 minute corner comes in, bullet header down. You can see the Afro really go, good as a park goes wild and he's doing the whole celebration with his arm, yeah. pointing at the name on the back of his jersey and he's like, oh yeah, Mario Fellaini is here. He's ready to take the Premier League by storm. And he did actually have a good four months with the, yeah. the, the that season. That's why he was signed, I suppose. Pretty much, yeah. And I remember coming into that January period to kind of bring this full circle. He was linked to Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea. Yeah. So like he did have very high yeah, peaks. But I think his career would have been better, as it turned out, not to have been at... Maybe David Moyes would have employed him better, but like... I think Marwan Fellaini would have been a lot more impressive as a deep line midfielder. Well, that was always the thing that he always said. Oh, I prefer playing in midfield, and everyone was like, "Just no, go no, further forward, go Peter Crouch." Up as yeah, yeah Peter Crouch. Aim for, the, aim for the bushes. People forget that these <laughs> aim for the bushes. People forget that like these tall, big, gangly players are actually footballers, and so they have to be to get to that level. Like happened with uh, Dembele at Spurs and at Fulham. They're like, "Ah, oh, this guy's a bit big. Like he's not very good," and then you just have the touch of an angel. Peter Crouch is the same. He's so good on with his feet and like even players like Marco Van Basten back in the day, they didn't or Ruth Hullet didn't look like players that were like elegant on the ball, and they so were. And that's something that's forgotten about Fellaini that maybe not. He didn't have the elegance of any of those players I mentioned, but he had something about he was functional. him. Functional, yeah. He he could hit the ball. He could pass. He can make square passes. He could turn over. Like he could keep things ticking over. And it's a sad day to lose him. But like, do you remember when he cost Man United the title? No, for all. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> that was the other moment. That's that match. My United good. fans was love Marwan Fellaini. That match gets very forgotten in that yeah. uh, that period where Man United dropped eight points or like two, not two, but like four games to go yeah. to lose the title in 2012. But Phil Jones crying. Phil, yeah, Phil Jones crying. Poor Phil Jones. Always <laughs> 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 poor Phil. Jones. <laughs> he go off to China next. Oh, Can you imagine, imagine Phil Jones up front with Marwan Fellaini in a two or four four two up in China? Could work. It could work. For the rave scene as well, you know, that was a big era for me.
We'll close out the show now by looking ahead to a potentially exciting weekend ahead of us in Premier League action. No, I, th- I think no, it, like this is like Man City will want to make a statement against Chelsea, considering how the turnaround went the other. They, they did lose. Uh, yeah, exactly. at, at Stamford Bridge two 0 earlier in the season. That was so. The I first think Man City. This this will be the week for Man City to really kick it on. We don't know the result of the Liverpool matches yet, although we expect Liverpool to win because it's at the London Olympic Stadium. London Stadium. Is that what they're calling? What are they calling it? I I dislike that they never the name Hammerdome never took oh, off. Hammerdome would be nice. The Hammerdome. Yeah, that'd be um, great. I expect Liverpool to win that. I expect Man City to beat Everton, and I expect Man City to beat Chelsea comfortably enough in all those fixtures. They have a lot of games in a short space of time, and they're tough games. Like Everton is still not an easy game, and Chelsea certainly is not an easy game after playing Arsenal. And it was a tough game for them against Arsenal. So, but I think there'll be a bit of squad rotation in the in certainly the Everton match. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe Gabriel Jesus might get a or Jesus might get I, a I'd start out. That, yeah. May, like company. Leroy Sané was rested There's for company. a reason. Yeah, Sané will definitely play. Sané was like he didn't play at all, and that was surprising. They'll probably play a left back this time. <laughs> maybe, like Laporta <laughs> did fine. Like like Arsenal actually played quite well with the two against the three, and like for like we didn't even speak about how Man City played with their weird hybrid. Yeah, it was one of those three times. to two at the back whenever they lost. It was a very fluid formation. It was like something you'd see in a video game where you know, players would move as soon as they got the ball. Like Fernandinho would constantly move into central midfield, then we'd lost the ball, he'd drop into defence. Like, it's a weird thing, and maybe overthought it a bit, because they had kind of... Arsenal had were overrun by Man City, regardless of them adding the extra players in midfield. But Pep Guardiola has done this at City. I can't remember if he did it with Bayern Munich or not. But I'm sure he did. He probably did. But, like, every four months, maybe, Pep Guardiola, an hour before kickoff, you'll see the team sheet, and you'll read it, and then you have to read it again, and then you'll maybe read it a third time yeah. before you get a full understanding of what they're going for. Yeah. Like I remember when they played Liverpool in the second leg of the Champions League last season, I had to read it like five times before yeah. I even got an idea as to what they were going to do. Because yeah. it was like, there's, there's like seven midfielders here. How does this work? Yeah, but it works. And I think like Higuain will be an interesting, because Pep will like, oh, how do I combat Higuain? And it'll be an interesting to see how he, he deals with him, because he'll have to like mark him on Sunday. Or do something to shut him down in the same way they did in Hazard. Because they did lose quite like poorly, if you remember. The 2 0, yeah. yeah, earlier in the, the like they, they, it was a damn squib of a performance. So they have to show something if they want to be challenged. Like, this is the like we talked about Manchester United having a crucial few weeks coming up with the PSG and Liverpool matches. It's just or, as crucial for Chelsea yeah. coming up. No, but even Man City, it's so well, obviously Man City is like, like just this, this is the so point close. where they could either like I thought like last week Liverpool win, Liverpool if Liverpool won last week, it was seven points between them and City after City's defeat to Newcastle. I thought. This is Liverpool's title. They're going to win this now, and Arsenal are going to beat Man City or something at the weekend, and that would win it for Liverpool. And it's like completely showing up. Like I don't think Liverpool will let anybody down today against West Ham. That'll be if they do. <laughs> that's just the let end. West Ham now. That's the end. If they if they if they lose like to West Ham tonight, I I don't or see even them. draw. Yeah, it's like one of these. We have so little confidence in Liverpool. It's amazing. They've been leading the league for most of the year for the last. Eight weeks nearly? Yeah, and they've been impressive almost throughout, almost entirely, without playing too terrible. Like, they've never had, like... They've lost one game this season. Yeah, them. and it was a tough game they lost it was as well. At like, the Etihad, the yeah. toughest game. Yeah, no, but it was if they were close in that match. It wasn't like they were beaten off the park by any stretch of the Yeah, they could have got a draw on that easily, match. Easily, easily. But now they're, like, we're so harsh on them. And, like, I expect Liverpool to win. They're playing Champions League rivals Bournemouth. I don't know are they Champions League rivals just because I think Liverpool qualified for the Champions League already yeah maybe so maybe. not quite Champions League rivals but I get what you're saying I get what you mean but yeah like I expect them to do to do Bournemouth even though it's at home and their home form has been a bit like it's not even sketchy because they're still winning matches but Bournemouth they're do like hard a, do you like a performance against Liverpool like yeah. I remember the 4-3 a few years exactly. ago which was a mad game but I, I'd imagine this will be but imagine this will be Liverpool's opportunity if they get the West Ham result to pour pressure on, on Man City against Chelsea and even they, though I they, think Man City will come up to that pressure they'll, they'll play I know they'll actually have a game in hand by the time they, they play Bournemouth so I feel like they've played after Man City but yeah. they're actually playing before Man City this weekend which is always kind of a weird thing in a title race of like which yeah. team's actually playing first on a given weekend last mm-hmm. couple of weeks it's been Man City yeah. and now it's Liverpool's turn to yeah. kind of put the pressure on the City on Sunday yeah. so that, that's an interesting kind of narrative that we'll have for the next few months mm-hmm. of who's playing first every mm-hmm. weekend then the top four race has been Similarly weird this season. It's been a weird yeah. 
season. It, like, the way it's going, it could end up being one of the great Premier League seasons. I've been thinking about this. Oh, uh, I don't know Because this. we've got ourselves... Because we have ta- such, so too many terrible teams. No, but we've got ourselves a title race between two high-quality teams. We've got ourselves a weird top-four battle where Tottenham are kind of in the middle of... Of somehow just kind of there almost near the top of the table <laughs> despite so, the fact that they're like plastering over every problem that they've yeah, got yeah they, they're losing players left right and centre but they're still winning matches <laughs> the, the fewer players they have the stronger yeah. their power like oh yeah we'll knock Korea out of the out of the Asian <laughs> yeah. Cup so Son will come back and score a goal that, you know. crucial goals crucial crucial yeah uh, we've got you know the return of the mid table a few mid table teams couple of mid table teams and then 10 teams who could potentially be relegated and then yeah an interesting yeah. relegation battle 10 so, team relegation there's battle there's something to look forward to like a Royal Oh yeah, that Royal Rumble was last week. You you missed that reference by a good week there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but then obviously Tottenham play Leicester. We mentioned that uh, poor Puel. Well, like the the way Leicester see, I wouldn't expect it. Like Tottenham have been poor for weeks now and still getting results. In fairness to them, and Leicester have not been poor and are still getting beaten. So who knows? Maybe this will be the turn up for the books, and Leicester will beat Spurs away. Stranger things have happened. Well, yeah, like Le- Leicester winning the league title. Exactly. Can Tottenham finally get revenge? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, we mentioned Man United Fulham. You'd imagine this would be a comfortable match Easy. for Man United just because yeah. Fulham are Fulham. Well, they point. might take a few corners. Yeah, well, yeah this, of course, the David Moyes. 87 crosses. 80 something. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, Arsenal Huddersfield. Poor oh, Huddersfield. Poor Huddersfield. Yeah, I think Arsenal, like, Methodism might get a run out in this match. <laughs> Maybe. But the way we're looking at it now, Man United could end up. Yeah, fourth they could be weekend. fourth by next weekend easily. I I well, well expect because they'll be ahead of Arsenal. They're point ahead. Of yeah, Arsenal, they're point ahead of Arsenal. So they're going to be ahead of Arsenal. And regardless. they played before Arsenal anyway. Yeah, presuming they win, they're going to be ahead of Arsenal regardless. And Chelsea have no guarantee of getting anything from the Etihad. So they Chelsea could be down as low as sixth place by the end of this, depending on goal difference. Yeah, imagine if they lose five 0 just to counterbalance the. <laughs> but it almost happened like that. They did lose four 0 to Bournemouth and that destroyed it, their goal. It's like difference. a balance counterbalance yeah. counter counterbalance. Yeah. you know Chelsea. Who cares about goal difference? Not Chelsea. No, obviously not. Uh, and I think that's that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. it should be an interesting. There's a lot of narrative for us to narrative, go back to next week. Narrative, and, narrative. and that's what football is really all about. It's yeah. not about goals, it's about narrative. Or not about transfers or dildos. Or yeah, no, we didn't get any dildos this year, disappointingly. But uh, Good times, maybe we'll have one in between the next seven days of football action. A yellow tie around a dildo. Yeah, unfortunately it was purple back in back in the day. It wasn't yellow. You know, the dildo was purple. Yeah, that's what but I mean. The, the ties, Sky Sports Yeah, that's yellow. what I mean. It should have been a yellow one Yeah, instead. I didn't think ahead. That's just poor branding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it is with that that we will close up the show Sky do not sell any branded dildos just in <laughs> that case is looking. that is a missed opportunity for Sky uh, thank you for being here Andrew thank you for having me and we'll be back again next week thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show spread the word of the Total Football Takeover you can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram you can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say.